For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos, Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden. Recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. Recording this right after the game. Friday night. Big, big win in the State Farm Arena. It was not a pretty start. And it certainly was a back and forth middle of the game. But it was a great ending for the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks, after a 23-point second-half performance from Trey Young. Tough second-half defense. And outscoring the Magic in the second half, 58-44. to The Hawks pulled out the victory to start the season 2-0 with the final score of 108-98. It was a gritty, gritty performance. And there's a, a favorite saying that I like to use, tough times don't last, but tough people do. I use that in my personal life and for... This case, tough teams last, tough times don't. The Hawks are a tough team this year. I'm going to say that now. It's only been two games, and I've seen their toughness show in the first two games, but I also saw it in the preseason as well. I think, and I'm sure there's going to be articles written about it depending on the success of this team early on, but the Murray effect. I think Murray added something to this team or Maybe there was something dormant in this team that Murray is bringing out competitiveness, edge, scrappiness, toughness, that dog mentality that we talk about with DeJounte Murray. It seems to be infectious. It seems like everyone is carrying that now. John Collins, Trey Young, Capella, Hunter, the addition of the Holiday Brothers, Onyeka Kongu, that spirit seems to be contagious. And this team is certainly shown in both regular season games and even through the preseason that this is a very tough, scrappy team that is built to battle adversity and fight through adversity. And if there's things that are going to challenge them, and John Collins said that, hey, they challenged us, we had to make some adjustments and put our foot down in the second half. And that's what they did. And I'm not in the slightest bit surprised. I mean, even in that second quarter of the preseason game versus the Pelicans, where they were down by, I want to say, 16 points, they made some adjustments, found some things that work, and next thing you know, they were up at halftime and had a 43-point second quarter. So this team is capable of getting hot when they need to and getting stops when they need to. And as I was, (laughs) that's the next thing I was going to say. They were tough, especially on the defensive end of the night. They were locked in in the second half of play, and especially in that fourth quarter. They had an elevated focus, elevated energy, and that's what won them the game tonight. That's what won them. Defense is what won them the game tonight. I mean, they didn't give up 100 points tonight. And I have a resident Magic fan. Uh, Shout out Mason if you're hearing this. Uh, We were definitely drawing back and forth. I told him. I was hoping the Hawks were going to win by 13. They won by 10, which was closer to his prediction, but... I said they would not score 100 points, and the Magic did not score 100 points tonight. They got to 98. That's a tribute to the defense of the Hawks. Now, a lot of people are going to be waking up looking at Trey's second half. They're going to see the numbers of DeJounte Murray and John Collins, and certainly they had their roles tonight. They did what they needed to do on both ends of the floor to help them get this win, and hey, they got the sellout crowd into the game, and they certainly were a factor down the stretch. And 
But by the way, real quick, shout out to the Hawks fans in attendance for the first two games of the season, even though it's inferior opponents, teams that were both <laughs> had top three picks last year in the NBA draft. You still showed up, showed out, were loud and invested in the game. I love seeing that. We need to keep that up because when State Farm Arena is rocking, it's a very tough place to play. And why not have a tough place to play when you have a tough team in the Atlanta Hawks? And when this team is on a roll and playing well, I mean, they're going to be really tough to beat. Tough is the theme of this episode, by the way. I've used that word. It probably exhausted that word early in this episode, but hope not to use it as much. But I would love to hear more and more wins for the regular season for the Atlanta Hawks, because if you can win now, it makes things easier down the stretch going into the playoffs. And this marks the third time in four seasons that the Hawks have opened up 2-0. And as I said before, it was very, very sloppy play in the first half. Poor execution, poor shooting. They had 10 first-half turnovers after committing nine in the first game. Uh, Trey Young was cold and not good Trey Young cold, just could not buy a basket, but Murray, Collins, and Hunter kept his team afloat through the offensive struggles as a team in the first half. They couldn't buy a three-point shot. Uh, it seemed like there was a lid on the basket, and then their leader or leading scorer, Trey Young, just could not buy a basket. But that's why you have teammates. That's why you went and get Murray. That's why you keep Collins outside of just not seeing the value you want, and that's why you paid Hunter. You believe in these guys. You do. And these were the guys that kept the ship afloat until Trey was able to wake up in the third quarter and explode for 17 third quarter points. They kept it close enough. I mean, for them to be down by four at the half with Trey Young having two points, I knew they were going to win this game. I did. It was not always pretty. In that Magic team, they battled. They battled. I mean, the Hawks did not help themselves. Poor execution. Lots lots of turnovers tonight. Unfavorable calls and no calls. I mean, I thought that the Hawks were getting hacked a lot of the night, and there were a lot of calls that just did not get called in favor of the Atlanta Hawks. But the Hawks battled through adversity against another young, pesky team, eager to right their wrongs from the previous season. But in the end, too much experience, talent, grit that this Hawk team possesses, and they were able to pull away late in the fourth quarter to ice the game. Now into the numbers. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finished. And the Hawks finished. That's what they did tonight. Held the Magic to 17 fourth quarter points. I repeat, 17 fourth quarter points. <sighs> the defense, as I said before, won them this game, despite the offensive headlines that I will talk about in offensive stats from tonight. There were some good numbers, but that defense for the Hawks much, much improved. They took advantage of a young team. And again, Hawks started bad shooting from the floor. They were about 26% from the floor in the first quarter finished the game at just under 45 percent and then they got the three ball going finally in the second half and although they only made 13 threes which we've seen as i have the warriors game up in front of me steph curry and clay thompson on rare occasions hit near or more than 13 threes in the game but hawks made 13 threes and they shot just under 42% from the three-point line. After the start that they had, for someone to tell me that the Hawks were going to end the game shooting 42% from three, I would have called you crazy. I would have called you crazy. But they were able to get in rhythm, especially on the offensive end, thanks to Trey Young knocking down history, which opened up the offense, which I tweeted about. He just needed to see one go in, and it was going to open up things for everyone else, and it certainly did. 
and the Hawks rebounded and were able to knock down some real timely threes. Even though it wasn't a barrage of threes that people are accustomed to seeing in the NBA, they were very timely threes that were needed, whether it was answering a three from the Magic or hitting threes to continue to further put some distance between you and this pesky Magic team tonight. The Magic shot 14 more free throws tonight. As I said, the rest were letting the Magic be extremely physical tonight. And I even text our uh, resident Magic fan that <laughs> a question. I just posed a question to him. I said, can the Magic defend without fouling? I mean, they were getting away with it, but that's neither here or there. We won the game. I'm, I'm going to just put that in the past, but. Hawks capitalized on the opportunities that they were given from the charity stripe, even though they had 14 less free throw attempts than the Magic. The Hawks were 15 to 16 from the free throw line, good for almost 94%. So Hawks were a pretty solid free throw shooting team last year. I do not expect that to change this year, and it seems like it has not. Uh, coming into the game tonight, Nate Mellon challenged his team to rebound better, which I did talk about last episode. It was disappointing seeing Houston rebound very well, especially in the offensive glass against the Hawks at home. And you can't win the rebounding margin every single night. I said that last episode, but you certainly need to compete on the glass and improve their night to night if you are going to be part of the conversation of being in the upper echelon in the Eastern Conference. I don't think the Hawks are there. There's potential, but they're not there yet. So I'm glad that they answered the call tonight and out-rebounded the Magic by two. And the Magic underratedly has some size. There's some size on that Magic team. They have some big guys. Wagner, Bonchero, Wendell Carter Jr., Bobo's on your team, Mo Bamba. I mean, that's a that's a big team. That's some size there. So to be able to win the offensive, uh, well, the rebounding margin, um, we did a little bit better keeping the Magic off the offensive glass. But to win that rebounding margin was very, very important as Naaman Mellon challenged the team and they answered the call. As much as they were able to answer the call rebounding, it was great to see that this coach can challenge his team and his team go out and do it. That's a, about building good habits. So that's what I like seeing there. What I also like seeing was 26 team assist. The Hawks have been north of 25 team assist in two straight games to start the year. And ironically, they're 2-0. Just saying, I'm going to keep my eye out when the Hawks are north of 25 team assist. How does that translate to winning? Do they win the games when they are moving the ball and having success sharing the ball and getting people uh, good looks where they make shots? I think in the true or the purest form of basketball that usually lends to success, but it's something I'm going to track. But glad to see 26 team assist. And after a 12-steal performance versus Houston on Wednesday night, the Hawks followed up that performance with 10 team steals tonight. Murray, who is known for getting steals, he was a steals leader in the NBA last year, certainly has a knack for that. But I just like his energy in defensive intensity seems contagious, so is the knack for steals. It seems like everybody on his team is developing sticky fingers and as a team last year, the Hawks averaged 7.2 steals a game, which was 22nd in the NBA. To start the season, the Hawks are currently averaging 11 steals per game, which is good for top five in the NBA. We'll talk a little bit more about defensive numbers later, but that's certainly a really good start. Stealing the ball from the other team, forcing turnovers, which tonight the Hawks forced 19 turnovers, which led to 24 points. And the Hawks had 26 fast break points tonight, which the Hawks seem much improved in fast break points from last year. I don't have those numbers up, 
But I know that the Hawks were near the bottom of the NBA in fast break points. So certainly doing a better job getting steals and pushing the break and getting easy baskets. Now, it may be attributed to the young teams, inexperienced teams that they're playing, but you take what's in front of you and it's been the ball and they've been turning that into points. So I'm not going to complain about that. Now, the Hawks themselves did commit 17 turnovers tonight, so they must clean up execution, especially with a veteran team and a veteran coach coming into town in the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. But tonight, we thankfully overcame the 17 turnovers. We're going to have to clean that up going into Sunday. After a cold, cold start for Ice Trey, which we've grown to accustomed to seeing him just have these crazy outburst of points and he had it tonight but it wasn't until the second half he only had two points in the first half he ended with 25 points 13 assists four rebounds he did have six turnovers but he bounced back tremendously after that rocky first half start which early in his career we have seen him be streaky scoring but we all know he can turn it on after just making one shot. And even though he was not efficient due to that cold start tonight, he shot 7 to 24 from the floor. I'm not going to do the percentage there because it's just not good. Uh, and, he, and he shot 4 of 11 from the three-point line. He did hit all seven of his free throw attempts tonight. He's been hot to start the year from the charity stripe, which is always good. One of the better free throw shooters in the league. And tonight... With Trey Young getting north of 10 assists, he notched his 131st 10-plus assist game of his career. He is three away from tying Rajon Rondo, who did it in 134 games, for 10th most 10-plus assist games by any player under the age of 25 in NBA history. Congrats to Trey Young. We love him getting everybody involved. It makes his team better, and it opens up things for him. And that's what he did tonight. He had eight assists in the first half, but couldn't buy a basket. But him getting others involved is what helped the Hawks keep it close. And then once he saw one go in, it seemed like he could not stop making shots. And then when they started to tighten up defense on him when he was making shots, it opened up things for other people. So. Again, 23 second-half points from Trey Young. He had five assists in the second half, and he was 4-6 from the three-point line. It's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And you finish the game, Trey Young, and the Hawks finish this game. Ice Trey the King, I tip my cap to you tonight. Uh, you probably throw a chain on, get Quavo to get you a chain. I'm sure he, he got plenty from the icebox here in Buckhead, but... Certainly, you did what you had to do to ice the game tonight. John Collins, a man who does not get enough flowers, in my opinion. Another great night. He has been great to start the year. Scored 23 points on 9-14 shooting. He was 3-4 of four from the three-point line tonight and hit both of his free throw attempts. Added 13 rebounds, 3 steals, and a block tonight. Tonight was the fourth time in his career. He's had at least 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 steals, according to Hawks PR. And this is his 54th 20-point, 10-rebound game in his career. And get this, guys. This was on Hawks PR. That is the most out of anyone that came out of the 2017 NBA draft class. And for those who forgot who was in that 2017 draft class, I mentioned three players that could, and you think about these players, you would think, wow, he has more 20.10 rebound games than these players. Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo, and Jared Allen. Jared Allen may not be as much a surprise because we know he can rebound. He may not be a prolific scorer, but we know he can rebound the ball. But certainly that's a surprise there. But Bam Adebayo and Jason Tatum, that is a surprise. 20 and 10. I think Jason Tatum is the biggest surprise for me. You have more 20 and 10 games 
than Jason Tatum. We'll see how long that holds up because Jason Tatum is a very good player. Very good player. And I'm sure he's going to have a lot of 20 and 10 games um, for the duration of his career. But John Collins is showing that, hey, he can do it too. And the fact that he's done it 54 times since he's been drafted is pretty damn impressive. After getting his eighth rebound tonight, according to Hawks PR, John Collins passed up Mookie Blaylock for 15th all-time in defensive rebounds for the Hawks. And he also tied Jamal Crawford for 16th all-time in Hawks history in three-pointers made. So a historic night for John Collins. I'm going to talk a little bit more about John Collins' play a little bit later in the program. But I love how the Hawks continue to feed him. He's been executing, really efficient. He's always been an efficient player. And he looks more focused on the defensive end to start the season. Seems more bought in on that side of the floor and knows that he needs to play better defense for this team to go the places that they want to go, which is ultimately into the playoff and advance in the playoffs this year, unlike last year. I am not going to overlook what he does and what he means to this team. I will not underappreciate this guy. So certainly Hawks fans and listeners do not underappreciate John Collins. We'll talk a little bit more about the recap from tonight's game. But first, this plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turn those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Diving more into the numbers. DeJounte Murray, he's a dog. Everybody knows that. That boy got that dog in him. He is him. I am him, you are him, we are him. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Dev up in Charlotte. Uh, that's not DeJounte Murray's recap. We're going to talk a little bit more about DeJounte Murray. He scored 20 points tonight on 8 of 16 shooting from the floor. Shot 2 of 5 from 3, really timely three-pointers that he made. He hit both of his free throw attempts, had 9 rebounds and 9 assists, almost had a triple-double. He was on triple-double watch tonight. That's not a surprise. We saw what Murray did last year, but to do this when you're playing next to Trey Young is impressive. It should not be overlooked at all. It should not be overlooked. Let me repeat. 20 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, and y'all know what Murray is known for. Steals. Four steals tonight. DeJounte Murray is the fourth Hawk to have numbers like this since 1973. Those players were Jason Ajet Terry. Mookie Blaylock and Doc Rivers. And Blaylock and Rivers both did that twice. Murray did have seven turnovers tonight. And when you, you know, activate the turnover powers between DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, they combined for 13 of the Hawks, 17 turnovers. Certainly have to clean that up. They have to execute better. Can't force things that aren't there. They were pressing early when shots weren't falling, but... They settled down, got into an offensive rhythm, and then they never looked back. Certainly far fewer turnovers in that second half of play than the first half. But again, DeJounte Murray, two great games to start the year. I mean, he's averaging 20 points, 
averaging double-digit assists. Um, we know he's a really good rebounding guard in right now, averaging four and a half steals per game to start the year. I mean, he's looking to try to be the steals champion again. And I certainly think that he is going to get all the steals that he can handle in his defense right now. So, again, we it's it's working. It's working right now. So, I know there's a lot of question marks. There's always question marks when you add new pieces to a team, especially another ball handler who's taking the ball out of Trey Young's hands and quote-unquote, operating in the same space, but we really haven't seen them stepping on each other's toes. They really seem to be in sync, understand each other's spacing, where they like to have the ball. We'd love to see them both get better and catch and shoot and obviously continue to cut down the turnovers, but love how they get everybody else involved. And it's just making everyone better and making John Collins better, which I'm going to talk a little bit about. And it certainly makes DeAndre Hunter better, who had another solid game. 12.6 rebounds for him. Hunter shot 5 of 12 from the floor tonight and 1 for 3 from three-point range. Not the 20-point outburst that he had in game one, but a solid game. And still love seeing what I'm seeing from DeAndre Hunter. His defense, his aggressiveness offensively, uh, him getting to his spots, getting in the mid-range, getting into the paint, uh, trying to get easy baskets, not just catch and shoot threes. And I mean, when he gets the three, he's making them. Um, I think he's probably about 33% to start the season. Um, if DeAndre Hunter can end the season about 36, 37% from three, I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not. I mean, I don't think this Hawks team is going to be an elite three-point shooting team, but it's about timely threes. And certainly... DeAndre Hunter can hit threes, and that's something that, as he continues to get featured, I think he's going to make more threes than he misses. Not over 50%, but if he's north of 35%, and I would say if he gets to that 38% threshold, which he was close to that last year, and surpasses that, he's taking another step in his game. And regardless, he's taking a step in his game this year. So if we we need consistency from Hunter. We need him on the floor, being healthy, but certainly a great start for him. Nine points off the bench for Justin Holiday today. All three of his makes were three-pointers, and they were all very timely. Also played really solid defense, had two dimes and a steal. Clint Capella, eight points tonight, seven rebounds, two steals, and a block. Okongu was in foul trouble tonight, had four fouls, and only had about three points and three rebounds tonight. Did not get the normal minutes that we were accustomed to seeing him play preseason and to start uh, this year as far as game one. Aaron Holiday and Jalen Johnson both had four points to end the game. On the Magic side of things, Cole Anthony was the leading scorer for the Magic, scored 25 points off the bench. 17 of those 25 points were in the first half. Shot 8-12 from the floor and 4-5 from three. He was virtually unstoppable. Uh, Jalen Suggs did go down with an ankle injury. They said ankle sprain. Don't know if it's a high ankle sprain or not. Those details will probably come out in the next couple of days. But I know they talked about on the broadcast and I'm sure it was on the radio and TV that Cole Anthony was killing them. Jalen Suggs was struggling. So when he went down, they were like, crap, more Cole Anthony. And certainly more Cole Anthony means more buckets. And he played his tail off. So I got to tip my cap to Cole Anthony. He matched Trey Young's points tonight, which I did not have that on my bingo card going into tonight's game. But great game from Cole Anthony. Rookie Paolo Bonchero. Number one pick overall, had 20 points, 12 boards, two assists, three blocks, and a steal. He's a good player. He's young, he's raw, but he's NBA-ready as far as his size. He's very skilled. And the more games he plays, I think the better he's going to get. So we're going to have to deal with Paolo Banchero for years to come in the Southeast Division. So Hawks fans, just get ready to deal with him. Just get ready. We're going to have to deal with Franz Wagner as well, who had a good start, kind of tapered off after about the 
first quarter and a half of this game. Finished with only eight points, but had seven rebounds, three assists, and four steals. Was doing some point forward duties since Markel Fultz is still out right now with an injury. Wendell Carter Jr., 14 points, eight rebounds, and two assists. Terrence Ross added 11 points. Mo Bamba has seven points, six rebounds, two assists. And then Bo Bo got minutes tonight for the Magic with five points, three rebounds, and two blocks. So all in all, tough, gritty performance. It wasn't pretty. It was a slow start, but the Hawks continued to get everybody involved, let the offense come to them, really focused and sat down on defense and got stops, and it led them to inch closer and closer into the game until their leader, Trey Young, exploded, got everybody else involved, and then fourth quarter came when they weathered the storm and took the punches for the Magic. They put their foot down, woke up, realized we are them, and they finished the game like they needed to do. One of my takeaways is that in my short time covering the Hawks, Trey Young has been here the entire time I've covered the Hawks. I've learned not to talk crap, be angry, frustrated, or question when Trey Young chucks up shots. Sometimes you'd be like, man, like just, especially early in the shot clock, like, hey, man, like, <laughs> run a set, see who you can get open, see who you can get the ball to, especially when the shots aren't going in. And it's tough in that moment, but. You always know at some point it will take just one shot, one shot that Trey Young makes that flips off the light bulb and he just gets hot. And that's what he did tonight. He didn't see the shot fall in the first half. He certainly saw a lot of shots fall in the second half, which really gave this team a lift, especially because we were sp not sputtering on offense because, like I said, Murray, Collins, and Young, I'm sorry, and Hunter kind of kept them afloat. But certainly they were off offensively as a team. And Trey Young is still the engine, even though they added DeJounte Murray. And once the engine got going in the second half, the Hawks never really looked back. And with Trey Young was struggling, I still love the fact He's done into both games when the shots are not necessarily falling. He's getting other people involved. I think in both games, he had eight first half assists. Uh, if I think about it, I know for sure eight tonight. I want to say he had eight game one against the Rockets too. I mean, Trey Young didn't see his first three-pointer fall until the third quarter. And when he made a three-point shot, you saw him with his arms out looking at the sky like, finally, like that. You know, the guy in Spongebob who wanted to buy all the chocolate from Spongebob and Patrick that kept, you know, stalking him. That's how I felt, just relieved. Like, finally, one went in. And that's what opened the floodgates for Trey Young for his scoring. And then, as I said before, once the scoring opened things up, it opened things up for everybody on this Hawks team offensively. And, hey, Trey was trying to force the issue. He was getting impatient. He needed to see his shot go in. I'm sure you guys, listeners who are watching the game or listening to the game, were impatient. Hey, that's human nature. We are impatient creatures. Patience is a virtue, and that's something that you have to actively work on. Everybody needs to work on that. We need more patience in this world, but I digress. We must weather storms because last time I checked, storms are temporary. I've never seen a 10-day-long storm. This is not Geostorm the movie. Storms are a moment in time. Temporary. The Hawks found themselves early in the game in a temporary storm. It looked bleak. They weathered the storm. They weathered the punches that the Magic threw at them and just kept chipping away, chipping away, getting stops, getting baskets here and there until Trey Young exploded, which is like the sun coming out in the sun moving the storm clouds, blue skies, and ain't no more rain. Ain't no more rain. This is good rain. This is ice tray rain right here. Um, and at that moment, I knew that the Hawks had the momentum, and they were going to win that game. They were going to win that game. Trey not, 
may not be the most efficient scorer on the team at times, but he must take those shots. That's his game. That's his contribution to this team because, as you saw tonight, when he makes those shots, it opens up things for the offense. So you just, guys, be patient. When he chucks those shots up, when he's struggling, because he is a great player, he's an all-NBA player, we can say that now, which means that he is top 15 in the league as a player. Those players, they may have rough shooting nights, but all it takes is one for the light bulb to go off. I mean, you know, they, like I said, you know, you know the shot was going to eventually fall. You knew it was, which leads me to my next point. This year, you got a team. I mean, you had a team last couple years, and after the first two seasons here in Atlanta, they started putting talent around Trey. You have to develop trust, continuity, and knowing that, hey, my teammate likes the ball here. He's going to make the shot. In this moment, I need to get the ball to this player. It's a work in progress. It's still going to be a work in progress. You have Murray. You have to figure it out. This team still doesn't have bogey yet, which is a big punch off the bench offensively. And I can't wait to get him back because we're scoring points without him right now. That's 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 terrific. And I even tweeted, I'm really excited to see a lineup with when Murray leads those bench units, usually in the beginning of the second uh, second quarter, because they usually play trade a whole first quarter and third quarter, rest them to start the second and fourth. Murray usually leads those units at this point. I cannot wait for a Murray unit off the bench that he's leading when you have bogey. Mm. The possibilities are endless, but tonight we didn't have bogey. Who did you have? John Collins. And we have been featuring him and feeding him the first two games of the season. And thanks to Joe Prunty, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, whoever is getting the ball to John Collins, thank you. Because when he gets the ball, he usually does good things with it. And that's why I implore for the last several years to just get him the damn ball. Get him the ball and let him work. I mean, the first two games of the season, he's been getting over 12 field goal attempts per game, which I have been waiting for, waiting for. Now, it still needs to be consistently done, and it's only two games. Not getting ahead of myself, but he's looking like an all-star right now. And he's looking virtually untradeable to start the year. His value is going up, and if the Hawks do go that route, the asking price needs to go up. Prices just went up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I don't see a need to trade John Collins. He's bought in. He never seemed not bought in. He's always been a consummate professional as long as he's been in Atlanta. He loves the city of Atlanta. He loves his franchise, and his teammates love him. He doesn't have any bad blood with anybody. And it's a two-game sample size, so I'm not getting ahead of myself. But if he continues to play at this pace, with the numbers that I'm about to state right now, leading up to All-Star break, John Collins could be an all-star in the Eastern Conference, certainly. I mean, in the first two games, um, and shout out to Mike Conti from 92.9 FM radio station here in Atlanta. He tweeted, John Collins is averaging 23.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, shooting 69% from the floor, and shooting 5 of 6 from three-point line. His plus-minus to start the year is 18.5. Positive 18.5. Now, like I said, this is a limited sample size, but we need to feature John Collins, especially with Bogey out. With Bogey out and Hunter still coming along, even though he's been consistent to start the year, John Collins truly needs to be your third or fourth scorer every single night. He needs his touches. At least, I said 10. We've been getting him 12-plus the first two games and I expect with Miles Bridges out not on his team for the Hornets coming in on Sunday he needs to be featured again him and DeAndre Hunter they both need to be featured 
because good things have happened to start the year when the shot distribution is even, the ball is moving, and John Collins is getting the ball when he has mismatches. And that's the greatest thing that I'm seeing. There's been so many mismatches that John Collins has had over the years that we either get it to him or we just don't give him the ball. We're making a concerted effort to start the year to get him the ball, and that is something that I want to continue to see. Same thing for DeAndre Hunter. Let him get the ball, catch and shoot opportunities. Let him get the ball and let him size up and then blow past the defender, get into the mid-range, get his jump shot off, you know, get to the rim, whatever. Let DeAndre Hunter be aggressive because he is a much better player when he's being aggressive and getting into the teeth of the defense and collapsing things because he's a much better mid-range shooter than three-point shooter. That's not a stretch. We need to continue to feature DeAndre Hunter. We just paid him. We have a lot of faith in him. This is a big year for him, even though he got his bag. Continue to feature him. He needs at least 10 field goal attempts per game. He had 12 tonight. 15 the night against the Rockets. And then John Collins with 14 tonight. And then 12 in the game against the Rockets. They're both over where I wanted them to be as far as field goal attempts per game. Will it continue? We'll see. But this is good habits that we're building. DeJounte Murray, he's a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> Not much more to say. Great trade. It's working with him and Trey so far. He's fitting to this team. He's bringing something that they just didn't have before. Um, and I just can't wait to see this guy just continue to get more and more comfortable in this offense. Um, us to continue to get him the ball in his spots. Continue to be a menace on the defensive end. And that competitive spirit that he has is spreading to his teammates. And they're playing with a different energy and a different effort to start this year, especially on the defensive end. So the Murray effect, I don't know who's going to write about it. Could be me. Could be someone else. But would be great to see someone write about his impact. Now, the center position has, I mean, Okongu had a good first game, but certainly not a great Second game, and Capella's been there on the court getting his rebounds. Uh, still has a presence on defense getting his blocks, uh, but not getting as many rebounds. Uh, not really, they're not really featuring him as much. He's not a player that necessarily needs to be featured, but as long as he's playing defense, getting rebounds, same thing for Okongwu, playing defense, getting rebounds, and Scoring when the ball is in your hands, or if not, just making the right play. That's all we can ask for. We want to see Okongu continue to take steps forward. He needs to continue to work on not fouling. He was in foul trouble tonight, which is why he saw not as many minutes. But certainly, he's going to have those games, but he's also going to have games like he did game one. Uh, still his third year. Still, this is his first full offseason that he was healthy. Hey. It's all about growth, and we'll see where he grows from here. Another takeaway, defense is much improved. Yes, we played the Rockets and the Magic, but the defense is still improved because of the habits they're building on defense. The energy, the effort, the focus, uh, getting timely stops, the steals. Um, there's better communication on that side of the ball. Uh, more energy. They're, As I said, they're taking the ball away, forcing turnovers, which is leading them to score more fast break points early on in the season. And again, it's early. But when you look at the numbers, the Hawks are in the top 10 in opponents points per game. Defensive rating. They're in the top five in steals. They're top 10 in blocks. Top 10 in forced turnovers per game. They're doing a good job early on. Not fouling people, sending them to the free throw line. They're doing a really good job defensively there. Now, it's a small sample size. Can they sustain it? I don't know. We don't know until the level of competition stiffens in our schedule, which is coming up soon. I mean, the road is easier to play defense at home 
when they're cheering defense, can that defense translate on the road? Can it translate against the top teams in the Eastern Conference? The the teams in the West who you rarely see and are not as familiar with. Can you sustain it? We're going to see. We're going to see. Now, I know in the preseason they gave up points to the Bucks and the Pelicans, and those are both above-average offensive teams in the NBA. And, yes, it's preseason, but still, they gave us some points. But still, I saw flashes of better defensive play than last year. So, again, only time will tell. But certainly, I think it's improved, and it's a really good start. Uh, you can tell that they're bought in on the defensive side. And this team knows that that's what's going to take to win games. You're going to have to play defense. You're going to have to get stops. And that's what they're doing right now. But can you be consistent? Is this a facade or is this the real deal? Again, time will tell. But what I will tell you is that, like I said, they're building pillars of what they want Hawks basketball to be. Toughness, energy on defense. A team that communicates, a team that trusts each other, shares the ball, moves the ball, fights, scratches, claws to get wins. They are resembling that Eastern Conference run Hawks team. Again, early on, I'm not trying to overreact, but they seem to be getting their swagger back as far as that Eastern Conference Finals team. It's not fully back yet, but I think they're on their way. Building good habits on a defensive end. Building good offensive habit. Playing team basketball. That's what Hawks basketball is about. They're, they seem like everything is balancing each other out early on. Strengths and weaknesses, they're balancing it out. They're elevating their play. They are looking like a team that can be a really good NBA basketball team. They can push for the sixth seed. Maybe even a five seed. In the Eastern Conference, they look like they have that potential, but it's a long season. We got to stay healthy. We have to be consistent. We have to continually improve night in, night out. And you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And you're supposed to beat the Rockets. You're supposed to beat the Magic. They did it. They did it. That's all we can ask for. And it's a heck of a start to start off 2-0, especially at home in front of your home crowd. Sellout crowds, in fact. Hopefully another good crowd comes out Sunday. And it's easier to get wins now in October and November. If you can win now, it makes things easier on the back end. So they have to get another win on Sunday when they welcome their other Southeast Division rival, the Charlotte Hornets, into the State Farm Arena. Tip-off is on Sunday at 5 p.m. The Hornets lost tonight to the New Orleans Pelicans, 124-112. And are now 1-1 one one to start the season. They started the year with a win against the San Antonio Spurs. They put up 129 on them. And certainly the Spurs are playing for the Wimby sweepstakes. Like a lot of teams are probably going to be doing. Because that's a very talented, talented player overseas over there in France. But to open the year off, building confidence in your offense, scoring 129 points. And then come around and score 112 against the Pelicans, but you give up 124. So we know defensively they're not as sound as the Hawks. On paper. On paper. everyone, Anyone can have a great defensive performance any night. But certainly that is something that the Hawks can and need to take advantage of. There's no LaMelo Ball. There's no Miles Bridges. But they still have Scary Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre, Mason Plumley, Dennis Smith Jr. now, Jaden McDaniels, and this Hornets team could come in with some added motivation after how they performed last year coming to Atlanta, which, you know, obviously everybody knows they came in playing in the opening playing game to try to get into the playoffs, and the Hawks routed them here in Atlanta, routed them out the building. It wasn't even close. Once the third quarter hit, it was done. It was done. But Atlanta is welcoming a team that can certainly score points. So the Hawks defense that's been really good the first two games will be tested on Sunday. They must continue to maintain their focus and energy on the defensive end of the floor. The Hornets are a good three-point shooting team, so we must run their shooters off the three-point line. 
contest shots because the Hornets are currently north of 40% from three to start the year. That is something that the Hawks must key in on when the Hornets come in to State Farm Arena on Sunday. The Hornets are a solid rebounding team, especially on the offensive glass, so we must, as a team, crash the boards, box out, get a body on someone, grab the rebound, and, hey, keep it from them. Keep the Hornets out of the paint to keep them from getting second-chance possessions. It's going to be a battle on the glass, and certainly I hope Capella, Okongwu, John Collins are up for the challenge. Jalen Johnson, when you get in, uh, you know, Murray's going to go in there and help rebounding. Uh, DeAndre Hunter has been really good rebounding early on. I did not mention that. He's been rebounding a lot better to start the year as well. It's going to be a team effort. They're going to have to rebound as a team. So get ready because I know the, the Hornets are going to try to crash the glass on Sunday. And even without LaMelo Ball playing, the Hornets still have really good ball movement. They're averaging about 28 team assists per game to start the year, uh, just like the Hawks. So we're going to have to really be sound on defense. And when you're in, and for us as the Hawks, we must take care of the ball. Uh, they're a team that can get steals and blocks, and they want to get out in transition. So the Hawks must take care of the ball much better than they did tonight because the Hornets have more vets than the two teams that they played to start the year. And they have vets that can certainly take advantage of your mistakes if you make them. And last but certainly not least, we're going to have to start faster than we did tonight. We're going to have to weather some haymakers because certainly the team is going to score points. So it will come down to can you get stops when you need to like tonight? That's what's going to come down to when you to in order to win the game on Sunday. Can you get stops when you need to? Being at home is going to give the Hawks an advantage. So I think the Hawks should win this game. I think it'll be another close one. They're a team that knows you very well. But certainly this is a team that's going to be up for the challenge. And the Hawks, I think they're going to, uh, I don't think Murray's going to let them lack as far as being not up for a challenge. Uh, so I'm really excited. 2-0 start, as you should be too. Cannot wait to see them take the floor again on Sunday. Again, 5 o'clock tip-off here in Atlanta. Right after... Obviously, if you're a Falcons fan, I know they play 1 o'clock. Obviously, I'm not a Falcons fan at all. You know who I root for, and it's a rough, rough time. Don't want to talk about it. That's why I'm happy to talk about the Atlanta Hawks basketball. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball enthusiasts. Doesn't matter. Put them on to this program. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. And follow myself at Brad Jared67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. We'll catch you guys after the matchup versus the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. And let's go. 